Hey everyone, welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best place on the internet to keep up with the world of men's professional volleyball. You guys know what it is today. It's the Olympic Finals happening this weekend. Going to break it down for you here, just me today, on the podcast. Talk a little bit about the semifinals matches that saw Russia, the ROC, the Rock, and France, who made their first Olympic finals i think first olympic semifinals maybe even first olympic quarterfinals they haven't got that far before but everything's coming together for them russia looking to get their first gold since 2012 one of the best volleyball games if not the best ever it's going to be a very exciting olympic finals guys i'm looking forward to it so let's uh get down to business and talk a little bit about the olympic gold medal match so let's start by talking about Russia versus Brazil, probably the more hyped of the two semifinals matches. Russia was 3-0 versus Brazil in their pool phase match, so looked like they had a bit of an advantage in that respect coming into the game, but Brazil had been playing a lot better since then, going undefeated against the rest of the competition, most recently against Japan in the quarterfinals but russia taking down brazil in four sets not even a fifth set although at one point it did look like we we're getting pretty close that third set was very dicey russia down big in the middle of the set i think down 19 or 20 to 12 or 13 so down six or seven points at one point in the middle of the set but pavel pankov came on to get a good serving run ivan yakovlev was great made a few clutch blocks and then Still down Russia, though, 23-20 in the third set in the Olympic Games semifinals. A huge moment set to Yoandi Lial in position four, who makes an unforced error, make it 23-21. Then again to Yoandi Lial in transition, this time getting blocked. So a great block by Ivan Yakovlev, 23-22. And that was just enough breathing room for Russia to get back in the game, take the set 26-24, and the fourth set, I feel like Brazil was a little bit broken mentally in that fourth set and uh, brought in Douglas Souza at the end of that game and still couldn't get it done, lost in four sets, rush it on to the finals. But I feel like Brazil, who's looked so good, so good over the last few months, winning volleyball Nations League in pretty dominant fashion. And then again, the only team really they've lost against has been Russia twice now, 3-0. And then 3-1 here. And I think I think the one thing that really frustrates Brazil is that blocking, the blocking of Russia is actually enough to frustrate Brazil, who's a very talented team in pretty much all respects. But attacking is not maybe uh, their strongest ability. I feel like they're an elite reception team. They're an elite back row defense team. They're a very good blocking team, a strong serving team. But in terms of actual attacking, they're maybe not among the elites here like Poland, uh, Russia, the USA. And I think that kind of showed in this match against just some elite Russian blockers. I mean, Ivan Yakovlev was incredible in this one. And I think he is the best middle blocker now in the world that, uh, other than Robert Landy Simon. I think he, he has a very good claim to that second best position. 
just because his blocking is just all over the place. He's so good at reading the ball. And even when he's late, like I said before, even when he's late, when his feet aren't underneath him, he's one of the rare middles that can make up for it with just like this ability to stretch out his hands and still get his arms in the way, slow the ball down, uh, you know, and even get quite a few stuff blocks as well. And while Yakovlev was amazing, the guy who really was the workhorse for Russia in this match, of course, the absolute legend, one of the most decorated players of all time in volleyball, Maxim Mikhailov, had another one for the ages. I mean, it's insane. Like, this guy was <laughs> played a major role in 2012 at the Olympics. How many guys from 2012 are still playing major roles? I mean, Bruno, and that's, like, probably one of the only players who's still kicking around from 2012. And Mikhailov versus Bruno, that's a... That's a good storyline, but uh, Mikhailov got the better of him today. Hit 21 of 33, an extremely efficient mark against a very good blocking and defensive team in Brazil. And, you know, it was just like, uh, just playing so precisely, knew the exact timing of the blockers, knew where they were drifting, where their hands were. And, you know, if he had the open shot, he took it, and if he was you know, he saw the hands. He was going for the hands. Just absolute masterclass performance by Maxim Mikhailov. And, you know, I, I do still think Pankov is a better setter overall than Cobbs are. Um, but I wonder if the reason why Samuel Vuo has been playing Cobbs are so much. I mean, I think there is like some bias towards Cobbs are from Samuel Vuo, but also his connection with Maxim Mikhailov, I would say, is better than Pankov to Mikhailov. And given that Mikhailov is clearly the number one option over Kaliuka on this team, the way it's currently constructed. I, I think maybe that that's a good decision. And yeah, <laughs> Kaliuka was a little quieter than Mikhailov in this one, but still a solid match, 14 for 31. Made a few more errors though. Uh, Dmitry Volkov, seven for 17. So you can see he is, he is the third option on this team. However, he was sub subbed out for uh, Yaroslav Podlishnek, who went five for 12. Interestingly, Brazil was directing a lot of their serves toward the uh, libero Valentin Golubev. They targeted him 35 times compared to 17 for Kliuka, 16 for Dmitry Volkov, and 7 for Podlesnek. And I think one of the reasons why Brazil was able to do, or sorry, Russia was able to do so well in this game is because Golubev, I mean, he's not a terrible libero, guys. Like, he's actually pretty good in reception, especially on those jump serves. They were going hard at him, and he was passing them over 50%. 51.7% uh, reception on jump serves and 29 targets. So pretty good job for Golubev in this one. I think he is a little bit underrated as a libero. I chose him as my best libero in the Russian league. I think, you know, maybe he's not, he's definitely not at the level that they had previously in Alexei Verbov, one of the best liberos of all time. But there's a reason why Zenit Kazan is gets to choose Valentin Golubev. They can have access to any libero in Russia. They can pay whatever they want, and Valentin Golubev is the one they chose, and that's for a good reason. For Brazil, definitely a, probably a disappointing result, I think, after VNL. The, a lot of people consider them to be the gold medal favorites. I wouldn't go that far. I still thought that Poland uh, was probably the favorite with Russia coming up um, behind them, and then Brazil in the mix as well, USA. I thought did would do a lot better than they did, not even making the quarterfinals. Poland, obviously, we know, getting bounced by France, who's playing, like, incredible volleyball right now. We'll get to that 
in a bit though. I think Brazil will probably crush Argentina in the bronze medal match. I don't think that'll be even close. But for Brazil, this is maybe the end of a bit of an era for them. I don't know if Bruno has another Olympics left in him. I don't know if Lucas Satkamp has another Olympics left in him. Mauricio Borges, Mauricio Souza. That's a lot of players who are a little older. Wallace de Souza, of course, who was a bit disappointing in this one. Subbed out for Alan Souza partway through. And I think we saw that a lot during the tournament. After that incredible performance in the VNL, he was my MVP pick. Uh, not not as great in the Olympics. So maybe, I, I don't know what, what was wrong with him. The conditioning, if he picked up a nagging injury. But I think he should have been benched a lot earlier in the tournament for Alan Souza, who's a more than capable backup. But yeah, we could potentially see quite a few retirements for Brazil. And even if they don't retire, I'm not sure how effective they'll be uh, for the next cycle, the Paris 2024 Olympics. Probably still good for the 2022 World Championships in Russia. And Brazil has a lot of guys coming up through the ranks as well. Yeah, definitely a bit of a disappointment for, for Brazil. And the one major pick that I disagreed with was bringing Thales Haas over Maik Reyes. And I mean, Thales Haas has been very good. So I, I'm not sure that would have made a huge difference. Had they, had they switched those out, especially in this game, Talia Sauce, you, you, cannot, you can't really blame him for the loss. Anyway, Brazil defeated by Russia, Russia to the final. Our other match, which I don't know, is probably the less exciting of the two. It's exciting that France uh, is in the semifinals. This team, after a decade together, playing together, is finally, finally seeing some success at the Olympics. Uh, and Argentina, again, way even bigger surprise than France. I would never have expected them to get to the semifinals. So great job to them. They played two incredible games, knocking out two of the best teams in the tournament. First against the USA and then against Italy, against an Italian team that was looking pretty good there. If you replayed that match 100 times, I would say Italy wins like 85 of those. We but we live in a timeline where upsets happen, craziness happens, and... Argentina definitely earned their spot in the semifinals, played some great volleyball. And like I said, kind of in my previews, Argentina, if, if they can execute, if they're, if they're uh, hitting the ball well, and Bruno Lima was hitting the ball well in that match, their passing and back row defense is unbelievable. That reception line is like unbreakable. So that part of the game is taken care of for Argentina. It's, it's the attacking that suffers most of the time and we saw that for sure in this match the team hitting 22 percent efficiency as a team compared to 37 percent for france so that is maybe one stat that shows how not close this game was and especially that second outside hitter spot was brutal for argentina either the one with christian pogligen or, or ezekiel palacios neither one of them could score at all and for me i don't know if you follow club volleyball throughout the year like you know that these two guys are not playing on big name clubs they're not big name players there's a reason why they're not getting spots in italy or poland or any of these big big uh professional leagues because they're, they're not really the type of outside hitter um, that is able to sc score a lot of points they're good reception but they're not elite receivers so they, they don't really have a place they're not big servers so they don't really have a place in the top leagues and the reason why maybe they are, have a higher reputation on the national stage than they do 
in the club stages because they got to play with Luciano De Checo or Nicolas Uriarte or Mateus Sanchez all the time, which makes any outside hitter look a lot better. Facundo Conte, however, definitely carried the squad from the wing position. He had a really, really rough start to the group phase, was one of the worst hitters in the entire tournament, as I said in my last podcast. But since he, he, since he started turning it around and playing like the Conte that we know and love, that's why they beat the USA. That's why they beat Poland, because he was able to play like his usual self and be one of the top options on this team. However, got targeted pretty hard in this game from the service line. So he was good from in attacking 12 for 23 for a 35% efficiency, but did get targeted quite a bit in reception and you know did not have the best game in terms of receiving, which really hurts kind of Argentina's strategy. They weren't able to run the middle nearly as effectively as they have in the past. They did get the ball to Augustin Lozere 10 times, 7 for 10 for him, but Soleil only 2 for 7. So Argentina, if you just told me that their middles hit 9 for 17 at the beginning, you could probably say that, oh yeah, that's obviously an Argentina loss because the only way the Argentina offense works well, unless Bruno Lima has a once in like a lifetime match, is, is, is playing as much as they can through the middles. Bruno Lima looked like literally the best opposite in the entire world when they played Italy, which came from that was amazing how well he played. But yeah, there's a reason why he's not, again, like the other Argentinian outside hitters, there's a reason why the big name clubs aren't calling Bruno Lima to ask him to be the starting opposite for Lube or Perugia. He's not usually that player. And we saw that in this one, eight for 20 with um, five errors thrown in there. So not a great game from him. But again, not that surprising. That's that's about what we expect from Bruno Lima. But it's not just because Argentina played bad this match that they lost. France played fantastically in this match. It was amazing to see Trevor Cleveneau once again having an incredible game. 13 for 18 attacking, 55% efficiency with only three errors on the match. He was doing his classic thing, you know, switching up the tips, the wipes. He has this really interesting, like really hard cross shot that seems to be working well, where he just has this like perfect angle that curls down over the net into position four. But teams are so worried about his tips that sometimes they, you know, they pull their defender from position four to go play closer to the block, but then he bangs one cross court. Man, he is such an underrated offensive player. I hope more people are learning about him. I feel a little bit vindicated because I, I've i been such a fan of Cleveno for so long. I feel like I've hyped him up so much over the years. My first YouTube video was literally on Trevor Cleveno because he's just such a great player, in my opinion, to watch. And yeah, I mean, he's he's the best outside hitter on this team. I feel like Trevor Cleveno is what people thought Irvin Engapet was going to be during this tournament. Not to say that, I mean, Engapet is playing better. He definitely had a, a better match in this one. Uh great reception from both Cleveno and Engapet. But man, yeah, I just I just want to say Trevor Cleveno, he is like if he can keep this up this level of play from the tournament, like he is one of the top outside hitters in the world because this is unprecedented. He's he could win MVP of this tournament. Like if France is to win the gold medal and Cleveno has another like 14 for 21, 14 for 20 game, I I, I would probably give him the MVP. Another guy, though, who, who played an amazing game in this one, Jean Patry, hitting 11 for 21, 52% efficiency, not a single error 
from Jean Petrie. He's very clearly the the starting opposite over over uh, Stefan Boyer. And we see a similar thing with Antoine Brizard. Played another great match. Great distribution. Great play to the outsides. Maybe he's not. Didn't play that much in the middle with this one. Only 10 middle sets. 4 for 10. But really kept those uh, middle blockers from Argentina moving side to side. Uh, going first to Petri and then Cleveno, then Engapet. Maybe uh, to wear, maybe that was her strategy to wear out the middle blockers, make them move back and forth on offense uh, or defense, so they couldn't do quite as much on offense. Which you know, the Argentina did not have the best middle game, so maybe maybe that worked. So again, like I said, I think Argentina probably is not going to stand a chance against Brazil in the bronze medal match, but we'll see. I mean, I can't even remember the last time that Argentina's beaten Brazil. <music> But anyway, let's uh, finally get to my preview of the finals match between ROC and France because it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, definitely excited for this finals and all European finals. Sad maybe as a Canadian, as a fan of European volleyball. It's great. Uh, by the way, catch me on the European volleyball show tomorrow, 5 p.m. Central European time. 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, I believe. So yeah, we'll talk. We'll go into even more depth with Rob St. Clair on that one. But the finals, France and Russia, can't wait. It's going to be extremely exciting matchup. France is like on this ridiculous hot streak. Like I said, they've been playing lights out volleyball the last few matches. Russia, I feel like they had to work a little harder for their wins. Even the game against Canada, uh, Canada like was very close to taking that second set and actually played them pretty tight most of the match. Brazil again, that second set, but Russia really shows resilience. They're they're a great team for never getting rattled, and they're such a strong serving and blocking team that even even with a team is up three or four points, don't count Russia out of the set. And I think that's something you have to keep in mind with France. Don't you know write Russia off if it's. 20 to 16. Russia, extremely capable of coming back with that blocking game. And we'll see it though. France seems to do pretty well against strong, big, physical, tall blocking teams because we saw against Poland that like legendary match. And by the way, I'll do I'll do more of a post-mortem after the Olympics are over. Talk about USA, what happened there. Talk about Canada, what happened there. Obviously, uh, talk about Poland. Talk about all these teams. Uh, what happened and what the future looks like but now let's we're going to focus on this finals match but yeah France is a team that does well uh, they're very athletic in their attackers and they have you know Engapet Cleveno are both guys who have ways to work around big blocks that aren't like necessarily trying to hit over over around them or trying to do it that way I think they, they have good ways of manipulating a block whether it's wipes whether it's tips whether it's going like really sharp cross angles. Uh, we've seen you know France play a lot of back row attacks, probably more so than they have in the past, to kind of uh, switch it up, uh, try and rattle the middle blockers. Russia, obviously, a team traditionally never almost runs it out of six. So uh, the French middle blockers have a little bit more comfort that way, but, I mean, they still have some very strong attacking middles to deal with in Ivan Yakovlev and Ilyas Kirkev. But remember that France beat Russia 3-1 to in the pool phase. 
again, their attackers were able to manipulate the block and, and actually score pretty well. They hit 38% efficiency versus Russia's 24% in that pool phase match. A pretty big discrepancy, so it was, it was a bit of a stomp there by France. But one interesting thing about that match is that they ran with Tani Udi in that match against Russia, whereas the last few games, Brizard has been playing his out of his mind, like playing really well. So I don't know, does Coach Liniel go with the thing that already worked during the pool phase, or does he go with you know the hot hand of Brizard, who gives you a little bit extra in blocking against uh, Kliuka and Volkov? I, I'm pretty sure he's going to go with Brizard, but I feel like he might not be afraid to go to Tani Udi a couple times during the match as well because I feel like Tani Udi um, still runs a bit more precise of an offense, which, you know, you need every margin of attacking ability you can get against Russia, one of the, it, probably the best blocking team in volleyball. So it's going to be interesting to see that, that coaching decision for Russia in terms of coaching decisions, I, I think their lineup's pretty much set. Again, I, I'm still, I would still probably, even at this point, I would still probably start Pavel Pankov over uh, Igor Kobzar. It's even more more hilarious that they're bringing in Pankov as a serving sub, um, who, who's done a great job, by the way. But I don't know. I guess the trust doesn't seem to be there, but I feel like Pankov would do a much better job at you know really mixing up the French blockers and i think that's where if russia is going to take this match it's going to be just abusing the french block because it, the france the the middles were amazing against poland but i feel like that was almost more poland's fault than anything i think in general france is not the best blocking team uh Ligoff and chinez are pretty good not great Angapet unfortunately uh is a very risk taking a blocker i would say he gets tooled a lot cleveno Pretty technically sound blocker, but not the highest reach. So he is a bit of a liability sometimes too. Brizard, Brizard is a really above average positional blocker. I mean, maybe I didn't give Lagoff enough credit. Lagoff's a very strong middle blocker as well. But we'll see where Russia decides to focus their offense. It seems like Mikhailov is definitely the obvious choice to get the massive bulk of the sets for Russia, given the fact that he's played so well over the past few games and also... He's hitting against Egnapet and Cleveneau, probably two of France's weakest blockers. So given that, I would say this game will be decided at the net, not at the service line, not in the back row in terms of reception, but it's going to come down to um, attacking and blocking which team is able to win that battle, able to get the tools, able to hit hands, able to find the floor. Probably Russia is a bit better in the serve, but France is a bit stronger in reception, so I think it's a bit of a wash there. Unless one team, you know, makes a bunch of errors, which I guess we have seen from Russia a couple times. And we have seen France, I think Engapet in the last match had five errors on six attempts. So maybe that could be a factor. Hopefully not. It's a shame when a big game like this gets decided by service errors, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to have a battle. And as for my prediction, I think I'm going to have to go with France. Team Yavbo, Les Bleus, you know, I think they beat Russia 3-1 in the pool phase. So that's a check mark for France. They've beat, they, got, they beat Poland, who I would say is a, as currently constructed, probably stronger team than Russia. And again, we saw Russia struggle already against Canada a little bit. 
and then struggle a lot against Brazil. I mean, that game against Brazil really could have gone the other way in that third set. And obviously you give credit to Russia for having the resilience and the, and the block defense to be able to resist in moments like that. But I think France, with the level of offensive execution that they've been able to have over the last few games, I think I don't think that disappears over a couple of days. And I think that's going to be enough as long as Irvin Engapet is able to keep playing like solidly. He's, he's not incredible right now. He's playing very solid, though. If he's able to keep this up, and I think he's shown that the bigger the match, the better Irvin Engapet's going to play, I think that France is going to win Olympic gold. And what a story that would be for a team that didn't even make the original Olympic qualifying tournament. They had to qualify through the European qualifiers to come back, win Olympic gold. And what a story it would be for this group. I mean, Engapet, Tony Yudi, Tilly, have been, Grabenikov have been playing together like in the same team since they were like in their youth teams in the early 2010s or even before with the blonde hair. Um, yeah, they've been through a lot of trials, tribulations together. This is probably going to be their last like kind of group activity together. A lot of, you know, disappointing tournaments for France where they almost got it. And obviously the last Olympics is disappointing for them. So to have have this be the ending of the storyline of Tony Yudi Engapet, too bad LaRue isn't here because he's for sure part of that as well. And obviously Coach Tilly as well. I mean, that, that would be a storybook ending, and I, I hope they can do it. Not, not to throw any shade to Russia. Obviously, they're a very good team too. And having another gold medal on Mikhailov's resume, probably, I don't know, that, <laughs> that might put him back over uh, Wilfredo Leon in the GOAT discussion for me at least. But we'll see. Very excited for the match. It is going down 2.15 on Saturday here. I think that's 8.15 or 5.15 if you're on the West Coast. So uh, get ready to wake up early. But yeah, that's Olympic gold medal match. We've been waiting years for this and I can't wait. Hope you, hopefully you guys are able to find a stream, watch it as well, watch it on TV. And hopefully France versus Russia delivers. Anyway, guys, talk to you after the Olympics. Enjoy the match. Oh.